It's show 11 of the Rim Pro Report. On today's show, Kathy Albertini, plus a whole lot more. Here we go. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yes, August is done. Kaput, it's gone. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Here we are at the end of summer already. We're already into September. Yikes. Well, that's cast rather a gloom over the evening, hasn't it? Well, yeah, I guess a little bit of a gloom, but I wasn't expecting that. It was just, man, I can't believe how fast it's gone. And yeah, it seems like the industry is starting to move back into fall mode. I don't know about you, but it just seems like there's this rumble afoot. Your clients are alive once again now that the vacations are completed and the kids are back to school. And that means for us here at the Rim Pro Report, lots of fun ahead. The producers here at the RimPro Report are working on some incredibly cool interviews coming up in the near future uh, this fall and the next few weeks. Now, I can't, I cannot name drop at this point as we haven't secured the final arrangements, but all I can say is you do not want to miss the shows coming this fall. But as always, uh, we're looking to talk with more of you and hear your stories, what's working in your business and what's being successful so that you can share it with the rest of the industry. And, you know, if you're a vendor in this industry, now that the summer's over, contact me. Let me know what's going on in your world, new products, new services, new things you're doing, things that should be and are exciting to people in the industry. I have my producers seeking high and low. They're looking everywhere. Now, to be fair, one of my producers, Sir Galahad, a noble knight of the round table, has been out there attempting to secure interviews with people. And he's in sometimes he's getting less than the appropriate reception I had hoped for. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Is there someone else up there we could talk to? No. Now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. Oh, Galahad. He's been trying. He's trying as hard as he can to get interviews for me. And occasionally he runs into, uh, you know, less than helpful people. But so if Galahad hasn't reached you, please contact me. You can reach us on the uh, the website, rimproreport.com. Telephone numbers, contact forms are all there. So please get a hold of us. Bottom line, love to have you on the show. Uh, let me know if you're available. If you haven't tested our iTunes subscription and you have an iPhone, an iPod, an iPad, an i iTunes, uh, I don't know what else they are, but I mean, there's so many iDevices out now, uh, but iTunes actually has a whole subscription feature, and if you actually use the link on the uh, the website, you can get the whole details of how to subscribe so that as long as you plug your iDevice into your computer that has iTunes on it that is now subscribed to the RimPro Report, all of these will show up weekly on an automatic basis, no hard work. Otherwise, just keep coming back to the site. 
uh, come back uh, via the site, listen to it live, streaming on the site, or download it, and you can play it on your own MP3 player or while you're working out or whatever. It's great stuff. I think the half an hour or so you spend each week with us can be very helpful for you. So, uh, yeah, that's um, that's what's going on, and I think based on on that, I think it's time that we go to the news. Well, Nate announced uh, this week the keynote speakers for their 2011 conference in Orlando. Ken Schmidt, who's the former director of communications for Harley-Davidson, will be one of their keynote speakers. And Chief Richard Picciotto, I believe is how you say his name, who was the highest ranking firefighter to survive the collapse of the World Trade Center on 9-11. So those have just been announced. I know lots more details coming for that uh, later on. A um, couple other things. I found this interesting. This week I read about Air Force Space Command, the U.S. Air Force Space Command, has now officially instituted a mandatory 100% shred policy. Uh, this AFI 10701 policy states that 100% of all paperwork created within the organization must be shredded. Uh, the only thing that is un you know, unrestrained by that policy are newspapers and magazines. Every other item in that entire command is to be shredded. So, uh, you know, I, I think more and more people are realizing the power of that. It's something that you can share with your audience. Hey, some uh, acquisitions that were announced this week. Cornerstone Records Management announced that they had completed the acquisition and assets of Rochester, New York-based Rochester Data Storage Center, Inc., and uh, down in Atlanta, Adams Data Management announced the acquisition of Atlanta-based Peach Street Records Management in a continuing effort to expand the company's services to an ever-growing list of clients. So that's kind of cool. Um, a, a vendor connection, Excel Storage Products and Invicta, have announced that Excel will be the exclusive North and South American rep for the company. Uh, I guess that looks like Andy Shearer won't have to cross the pond anymore. Uh, conference season is beginning and about to begin. As you know, Bare Metal Data World coming up uh, next week. And then end of September, Prism and Nade's joint European conference is being held in Athens, Greece. Prism's Data Protection Workshop is being held October 19th and 20th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, some of you I know are getting prepared to visit or attend ARMA, the big ARMA show, November 7th to 10 in San Francisco, and our good friend Ray Berry, uh, Shred School, November 3rd to 5th and December 1st to 3rd. Uh, those are the standard Shred Schools, but uh, they're also including a couple of new Shred Education opportunities, as Ray calls them. They're going to have a sales retreat and owners forum in Orlando, Florida, October 19th and 20th. And they're also scheduling a Shred Your Competition sales workshop, November 11th and 12th in New York City. Hey, uh, some good news out of Richards & Richards in Nashville. They got a ton of press this last week for responding to a crisis at the Washington County Circuit Court in Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, apparently a broken water pipe uh, happened in that building and Karen Gwynn, the court clerk, called Steve Richards and got the directions. And as you heard a couple of weeks ago on the RIMPRO report, Steve has got that stuff figured out. So way to go, Karen Gwynn and the Washington County Circuit Court for getting the right guy on your team. 
and uh, Steve uh, helped them out and the whole team at Richards and Richards. So way to go on that. Uh, one final thing I was looking at this week, and that is Semantic, uh, which is the um, security information security company that protects computers, uh, just revealed their information management health check survey uh, that related to 1,680 enterprises in 26 countries. And you know what? They found that a vast majority of companies realize they need a formal information retention plan to address these issues. No no kidding. Yet despite this awareness, most have not implemented a plan. Look, at, Listen to some of these. Only 46% of enterprises have actually... Let me say that again. Only 46% of enterprises actually have a formal information retention plan. 25% of the data backed up is not even needed for business or should not be kept. Uh, this is one of the things that they discovered. It is 1,500 times more expensive to review data than it is to store it. Uh-huh. And because of the massive amounts of information stored on difficult-to-access backup tapes, e-discovery has become a lengthy, inefficient, and costly exercise. And as you know, uh, based on what we're seeing out there, that is happening more and more. These are stats that you should pull from Semantics Information Management Health Check, and be sure to you're sharing it with your prospects and clients as a way to help them improve their retention schedules. Folks, that's all for the news. As always, I need your stuff. If you've got stuff going on in your business, in your world, if interesting things are happening, acquisitions, whatever, let me know, and I'll include them in the news every week here on the RIM Pro Report. I'm excited today to have Kathy Albertini uh, with us on the line. Kathy, you there? I'm here. Hey, Kathy. So good to have you here. Uh, Kathy is the president of Management Growth Institute, and she's actually a second-generation family-owned business. Uh, Basically, what Kathy does uh, in one of the things she does, I know she does a ton of things, but she does a lot of profit enhancement groups, what we call PEG in the industry, for PRISM members. Uh, in addition to that, the pegs that she does, she also does workshops for upper management, uh, supervisory personnel, and uh, those are related to all facets of the business. Uh, her consulting work tends to focus on organizational growth and technology assessment. And, um, you know, one of the things I've learned about Kathy over the years is uh, she is always present uh, in the PRISM especially in the prism world, I have seen her um, almost at every conference I think I've ever been at, and I'm a fairly frequent attender of conferences, and Kathy's not just there, but she's actively involved in the the process. So, Kathy, how are you doing? Great. Yeah? Great. What's going on in your world these days? Well, it's interesting that you, you mentioned prism. I'm on the committee that is planning the 2011 conference, Tom Dumez, who you interviewed last week, is the chair of that committee this year. And we're excited about uh, getting the lineup for next year, sessions, et cetera, and uh, open to ideas if any of your listeners have ideas of things they'd like to have on the program for next May in Miami. Oh, that'd be great, yeah. Well, you, you've, been doing, uh, you've been doing conference planning. You've been on that committee for a while, haven't you? I have. I have, and it's always one that I learn a lot from 
just because the members, the prison members are so enthusiastic about what they want their conference to be, and they're willing to put in a lot of time in making it just that. Yeah, well, that's great. Kathy, you do, a, a, as I suggested as I was introducing you, you do a lot of work uh, with companies both in sort of a PEG environment and one-on-one. And I, I, I know from previous conversations with you um, privately that, that you get a really interesting sense of how these companies grow and and what happens with them. Tell tell me a little bit about some of the stuff you're seeing in in growth now, I know we've been through a, a particularly difficult economic uh, situation that I know has impact. But what are you seeing out there? We, what I see is, this industry was hit later than other industries that I work with, which was, was interesting in and of itself. The beginning, when other industries that I was working with were pulling back, finding ways to save looking at new markets to get into, the rim industry seemed to be holding its own. And it's only, I would say, in the last year that the impact of what's happening in other industries has rippled into this industry. So my clients' clients are saying, we have to cut back. So right. let's not do such so many um, immediate deliveries or let's Maybe we don't need to store that or destroy that or image that. Right. So, so there's a there's kind of that ripple effect then hits hits the rim companies because they're they're obviously um, feeling the effects of that pinch, and you're seeing you're seeing it being a little more, uh, you know, in in terms of the broader economic downturn hitting us a little bit later. Right. Hmm. Right. Well, and not as dramatically. Again, it, it, it really depended both on the industry and the location of the, that, you, that your company was in within the country. Right. So I have clients in the, in the uh, Tucson area, for instance. <clears throat> Very difficult. Right. Hard, hard area in terms of business, in terms of real estate, everything that we see in the news read in the paper, et cetera. And then you have areas where things are more lively. The Northeast is uh, in some ways not hit as bad, badly as places like Florida, California, and Arizona. Right. But, I mean, overall, compared to some of the other industries that you do work in, this, this industry continues to thrive even despite the economic downturn. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's one of the cool things about being involved in this industry that that there is sort of a resilience to this kind of economic crisis that could be happening externally, uh, and it doesn't mean it doesn't affect us. It just there there's a stability in this industry that that is so cool. There is, and yet the the when I look at the spectrum of businesses that I come into contact with, members of PEGS people that I do consulting for, or people that I'm trying to get interested in one or another of our services, I see the group that is a classic in the small to medium-sized business in the U.S. that resists change. Hmm. They want to keep the business doing what it did before. They only store boxes. They don't ever consider 
should they be in shredding or should they be doing imaging they don't don't really know their market they also might have concentrated their business in a 50 or even higher percent with one client yeah. where they're not thinking they're not knowledgeable about what the economy is doing about what their market is capable of about what their customers really want they find a niche and they just try to make the same thing work over and over again. Those are the ones where we really see problems. So is is that a, a is that a, a deliberate choice? Do you think, or is it just uh, it, that that portion of the business, say the the record storage part of the business? Because a lot of companies came into the rim industry through you know moving industry, and they had boxes sitting in back shelves and. And uh, is it because there are so many other things going on that 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 nice little revenue machine that that is boxes on shelves is happily there uh, and they choose to ignore it? Or what what do you think it is? That's a big piece of it. The that revenue for those boxes on shelves is golden. Yeah. And many businesses run into this in, in different industries, different ways that they don't want to touch the golden cow. They don't want to rock the boat. Um, the, the predictions of paper going away have been around for so long that no one believes that anymore. Yeah. And yet, we see things like uh, medical records moving in the electronic direction. Yeah, with, with huge government support to do that. With huge government support. We don't, we don't see today that that means we have less paper coming in the door or less paper on our desks for that matter or whatever but um that is is something that will change the industry and that uh people are already seeing things like reduction in their services where their service was a high profitability side of their business right and 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 changes like that predict bigger changes in the future and the ones who are paying attention to that are saying what what are other opportunities that i could add to my mix yeah yeah the other thing that slows people down from from changing what they do is in this industry if you grow you have to make capital investments and it it's a big capital investment. Yeah. It's a building, or yeah. it's a lot of and or it's a lot of racking, or a vault, or or or. And so, those with uh, more conservative uh, views on how they how they make money and how how much an investment comes back to them are reluctant to take that large step. So they, in a way, they slow their growth to put off that decision. Yeah. So some of the work you do, though, um, to, to me, and, and as I've talked to you before, some of the, uh, much of the focus of what you do or sort of a passion point for you tends to be this whole area of organizational growth and the effectiveness of that in companies. And as you go in and work with companies, are there patterns you see that, um, that are indicators of how the business is going to grow or is there sort of routine ways that, that companies do that, that that you could shed some light on? Now, I would say in, uh, a big picture answer to that question is that, and this is not only in this industry, is that 
businesses tend not to have a human investment strategy. You look at a balance sheet and the employees that do your business, that deliver your boxes, that send out your invoices, that sell your products, are not on your balance sheet, and yet they are the most vital asset that you have. And I was, I was listening to your show where you were interviewing Tom Dumez about training people on HIPAA. Right. Um, on, and, and one example he gave was of a, a business that incurred a $2 million fine because they didn't train their people to understand what the appropriate way was to handle that kind of information. Right. That's an example of people look at training as a nice-to-have if we have the time, if we feel like investing. And yet, probably one of the most prevalent patterns I see is we, we go into a company, a peg will visit a company, and we are lo- we're looking at the whole company, but one of the patterns that so frequently appears is that somebody's bought uh, software, software products that run their, yeah. their business, yeah. like O'Neill's products or Recall's product, whoever's product. Right. And they don't, they, they don't train their employees on an ongoing basis to become more and more expert with the software that they're using. Hmm. And so what happens is you have, you have a new employee that comes in, you don't have any, any rigorous kind of get them up to speed on the software process. You let them have on-the-job training, and smart people find ways to get their job done, often without using the software. They create 42 little spreadsheets that happen to track things that can be easily done in the software, but they don't know how they to do it. They don't know it, yeah. And the, the difficulty with that is you might be getting, you as the owner of the business, might be getting what looks like an efficient operation while little Fred is creating these spreadsheets and passing them on to Sally, and so that the it's a ripple effect yeah. in terms in not training the people to become deeper and deeper experts on the software that really has to run this business. Right. Um, you end up having this human error eating away at your efficiencies, which is often the 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 result of choosing not to invest highly in those those human assets that you have in the business. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. And the and the kind of companion piece that that goes along with that is at the management level. The the the, the classic one is hiring a salesperson who you think you've you know you've just paid so much for he should be able or she should be able to do the job without supervision and you come back often it's a year later here you've you've paid this person a lot of money and they haven't brought in enough to cover their salary right and the 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 management the biggest management mistake is not inspecting what you expect so you, you hired the sales guy, you expected them to bring in $120,000 worth of business, they brought in 10000 and you haven't looked at that until you come to the end of the year. 
Yeah, and that man, that I, I would think that that makes you salivate. <laughs> because there are so many issues at play in that particular situation. I mean, it's it's not just the inspection of what the salesperson has been doing. There's the whole systems approach to how you put them out there. What what were you expecting of them, and not just expecting, but but what were how were you setting them up for stuff? I mean, there's so many factors in there that uh, a, a consultant would just I, I think get all excited about. So yeah, and and to me, it's. It, it, I, this resonates with me. Um, my, my passion, my interest, my strengths are not in the sales area, right. but they are in the management area. Right. And I know that sales is hard. It, it requires, you, you have to have the, the sort of pulse on the industry in this industry. It's a long cycle. It, it could be in some instances, uh, you know, a major kind of sale in terms of what compensation would be for that salesperson and what the hit would be to the bottom line for the company. Right. Or it could be minor if you're, if you're dumping a bin for one customer. Right. And so that, that range requires a detailed understanding of how you're going to motivate for each particular sale might not be the same person that does those sales, but you have to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And in in general, uh, as, as you watch and observe companies, uh, do you feel like um, the industry as a whole is improving in that capability? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. When uh, some of the, oldest PEG members that I have been working with, um, it become, especially within the group, it becomes a mantra that when one of the companies cracks the sales situation, a- another big component of that is uh, getting friendly with metrics. Metrics we have from our, our systems that control the vault and that, that keep track of our warehouses, et cetera, metrics we have all kinds of reports. Oh, yeah. Out. Yeah. But um, unless people are willing to kind of put that investment into something like Salesforce.com or ACT or Goldmine, whatever, whatever sales management tool you choose, um, those metrics are just as important in driving the sales process. Yeah. yeah. And that I have definitely seen an improvement in. Well, and I, and I think as the industry matures, the the uh, evolution of those external metrics becomes more valuable. And then, you know, in things like your peg groups that work together as as units to help each other out, uh, the the internal metrics help to support what everybody's doing, which gives um, you know, which tends to improve the situation of everyone. So that that's a really cool part of the the whole peg structure. Yeah, and and it's interesting. In, um, in some groups, we've been doing metrics for a number of years. And the groups, I thought that people would be interested, motivated. Um, you know, there would be another hook, member to member, when they looked at the group as a whole and they said, oh, you have 10 drivers and you're doing this much revenue and you're, you're delivering these many things per day. And I have five drivers, and I'm delivering about the same amount of materials, et cetera. I thought that comparison would, would you know, get people going, hey, tell me how you do that. What's right. going on? Right. But 
they all claim that what's really, really valuable to them is saying, oh, look what I was doing three years ago. Uh, and now look what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's exciting. Because they can see, they can see specifically that, whoo, this is really improved, or whoops, still got to work on that one. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, you know, based on, uh, and many of my clients are also your clients in, in terms of the PEG. One of, one of the things that I think is so consistently uh, appealing about that PEG process is is that, that constant um, work and uh, improvement that comes from not only putting yourself out there and exposing yourself and your business and your metrics and uh, to other members of the group, it's that sort of um, residual effect of always trying to live up to the standard that is being set around you and the standard you set for yourself the last time you were pegged, as it's called, in your groups. Uh, yeah, when when yeah. you were the one being focused on, and, and the next time it comes around to you being focused on, the, those metrics better have improved in some areas, uh, or else you feel kind of stupid. So, Right. It, one, one of my favorite quotes from a PEG member was, and he would do this at every meeting, he would finish the meeting, he would get on the plane, and he would start to make the list of what he needed to do when he got home based on what he had just learned at the site he was visiting. Yeah, and that's, and that's just, cool stuff. He would just tick off what he had learned. And, and everybody argues as they participate in the pegs, well, do you get more out of people coming and looking at your business? or more out of going to look at other people's businesses. And they and the argument is never won because sometimes you get one idea at a peg meeting, you bring it home and it's, you know, it's worth years worth of membership. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Well, um Kathy, I I know that um man, we could talk forever and we've already we've already gone through 20 minutes already. I can't even believe that, but um I, I think it's exciting what you're doing, and uh, I, I know if people want to get a hold of you, I'll, I'll put your uh, contact details uh, on the rimproreport.com website so people can access you. But uh, tell, tell me, or tell us just briefly, I know we've kind of danced around a little bit, but your PEG groups are really a, give, give a two-minute overview of what the PEG group does and how they work. Okay, it's, it's a group of 10 non-competing CEOs, they're all PRISM members. They meet twice a year. And the objective of the meeting is to give recommendations to the host owner, the owner of the host company that we're visiting. And they, at the meeting, we have a process that MGI has developed over the years where we focus the visiting CEOs on one aspect of the business or another, and they, they go through a process of gathering information by interviewing employees, looking at records. Right. Uh, you know, they may go on a sales call. It, it kind of depends on what the host wants to get out of the process. And uh, the end of the meeting is, is essentially delivering to the host a set of recommendations for how they can improve their profits. Hmm. That's very cool. Very cool. Well, I, I appreciate the work you do, and I appreciate the time you've spent um, giving us your perspective on the industry and what's happening and what you're seeing, and continued success in what you're doing. I would uh, love to catch up again in the future and 
and uh, hear more about what's happening and learn more from you. I, I appreciate your wisdom and look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Tom, and, and thanks for this program. It's obviously uh, perked a lot of interest in the industry. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Here goes another show of the RIMPRO Report completed. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we appreciate your listening. I hope that you're learning lots. I hope you're exposed to really cool stuff. And thanks again to Kathy Albertini, who joined us today. Next week, as we move into our fall series and our fall season, uh, we have an exciting interview next week that uh, we've got scheduled, and that's with Bradley Collings, who is the president of the Secure Destruction Alliance. This is a great organization that uh, is making waves in the destruction industry, and I'm going to talk to Brad next week, so join us next week, will you? Uh, be sure if you want to get that interview automatically and you're on iTunes, iPhone, i-whatever subscriber, uh, subscribe online today or come back to the website next week. If you want me to send you an email and remind you when the shows are coming up, then you can fill that out on rimproreport.com website. Again, thanks for being here. Looking forward to seeing you. Send me any information you have that could be helpful. And we'll talk to you soon. Over and out. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.